0: Welcome to the Vying for Victory podcast, where we believe God heals people in the way that brings him the most glory and brings us closest to him. Whether you've received healing, you're in the fight of your life, or you gave up on God a long time ago, you are welcome here. As you come to the table, listen with an open mind, knowing everyone's journey is unique, but pain is our common language. Let's vie for victory, friends. Hello, my name is Tara Bradham Denai, and today on the show we have Haven Faith Shepherd, who I am so excited for you to get to know. But before we get to her interview, I would just like to ask you, if you enjoy these episodes, if you are being encouraged to reconcile your pain or your limitation or your illness, disease, disability, with your faith through this podcast please head to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, write a review for us, subscribe. That really helps other people find this podcast and get to fight for their freedom with us and alongside us each week. So thank you for heading there and doing that. And then it will help people hear stories like today miss haven faith shepherd who is on team usa for para swimming and she has no legs but that is not even the beginning of her story and who she is and so i'm super excited to get to share just another side that maybe you don't know about haven and just the joy and the light she is in this world so enjoy this conversation with haven faith shepherd Hi, Haven. How are you doing? I'm doing
1: very well. I got, I looked on my watch. Uh, I got 12 hours of sleep last night, which oh is amazing. <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing great. So I feel very
0: rested. Did you work out this morning?
1: No. So I worked out yesterday. I swam twice. And then like later today, I'll lift weights for like an hour. But like, that's not that hard because I'm just like, drop, done. Like, so. Yeah, I swam twice yesterday, and I swam outside, so I was just like, I think my body was just like, dude, like, I'm tired, let us rest, and so, so when I got home from practice that night, I literally took a shower, and then just passed out, (laughs) like, I think I was talking to my friend, because I haven't seen her in a while, and I was on the phone with her, I was like, okay, sorry, I'm dozing off, we're, you're gonna have, we're gonna have to hang up and talk tomorrow, because I can't, I can't
0: stay awake (laughs) like I remember when I swam I was like is this just like a constant exhaustion like is this ever going to go away when I quit swimming and it does actually the like constant state of exhaustion but what time do you normally go to bed and get up
1: I usually go to bed at nine and then I I try to read a couple chapters at night but I really I'm going to be honest, it's probably like 30
0: minutes before I'm like, I'm too tired. Like, and then I've just put the book down and I fall asleep. It's better than me. Sometimes I'm like, it's my habit. And they say, do, you know, three or four things that every night. And that helps your body know it's time for bed. And mine is reading. But sometimes I only get a page. So you're doing way better than I am.
1: Well, sometimes it's just like three pages or four because I guess I have really good melatonin because oh, when it hits I like, say. it hits like eight. 30 I'm like, okay, time to wash my face or time to shower. I I I wash my face in the shower to kill two birds with one stone, but sometimes I'll get in the shower, I'm washing my face, and then I'm just like, I'm ready for bed. I told my mom yesterday, it feels so good to burn off like 10 pounds of chlorine that's sitting on your skin (laughs) in the shower, so... I mean, just going to bed fresh and clean, and then I'm, like, reading a book, and I'm, like, uh, and then I fall asleep.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, you're, like, I've never heard anyone else say that, but I have told my husband and other people about, I'm, like, my melatonin just works really well, and they look at me like I'm crazy. You are my new favorite person. <laughs> I feel so justified.
1: I, I, I'm so glad I found a person that's, like, because I... When I spend the night with friends, not so. This is my catchphrase. Like I have a friend group of like four other girls, and we made the they made this thing on like Snapchat or whatever. Like Haven category five five seven swims catchphrase is non nah, guys. I'd rather sleep in my own bed tonight. Like that's that's me. Yeah. I hung out with them a couple weeks ago, and I slept over at one of their houses. And it hit like ten thirty. I was like uh and I was I was like Haven, it's only 10 30 I was like yeah but it's now are they swimmers uh yeah some of them are this season they're not really swimming all year round like me and I understand why because it's like oh we have summer jobs and yeah we, yeah. we have other things besides to swim 24 7 so I understand but I see them like on weekends and during the week <laughs> and one of them works at a coffee shop so I probably see her twice a day because I'm always like, I need to go see Corinne nice. or Macy. So that's my yeah. excuse for spending $10 every
0: day on coffee. <laughs> Which What, is it a local coffee shop or do you have a favorite drink? What do you get?
1: Uh, my favorite drink is an iced coffee with half and half and a little bit of honey. Just okay. I've been trying to cut back on my coffee recently because I'm kind of experiencing withdrawals. Like I would drink two cups a day before practice and I would just feel so... Like my stomach was heavy, like I wasn't feeling very good, so I switched over to V8 Plus, which is kind of like coffee. Like it has the same energy, so that's what I'm drinking right now. Like I had my cup of coffee earlier,
0: and now I get to have this. So nice, well done. I don't drink coffee every day for the sole purpose of I don't want to be controlled and I don't want to be addicted, but I actually have gotten to where I love the way it tastes.
1: Well, that's the biggest problem with coffee for me in the mornings. Like I told my coach, I was like, listen because we only do like morning practices now. And I say, like, listen, it's either I get coffee or I don't swim in the morning. And he was like, okay. So I, so I bring my coffee to practice. I sit down for like five minutes and I get to drink my coffee and I'm like, okay,
0: I'm ready to swim. So that's the kind oh of deal gosh. we have.
1: That's the kind of deal I have with him.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, one more thing before we go on the swimming is what are you reading right now? What's your favorite kind of things to read?
1: Um, so I really love Francine Rivers.
0: <gasps> Do you know who that is? Yes. Which one are you reading?
1: Um, my so my favorite books ever. Her trilogy was A Voice in the Wind. Yes. They're on my bookshelf right across the room. Yeah, I love I really love those books. I read them when I was 13. And it's been, like, a couple of years since I read them, so I, ever since quarantine happened, I was like, okay, I gotta read something, like, I'm bored, like, so mm-hmm. I'm on the second book right now, it sure is the dawn, but I just finished the prequel, the New Hunger Games book, The oh. Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes.
0: It's pretty good. Didn't even know that was a thing or written that's cool oh really no i'm i'm don't keep up with things very well but
1: <laughs> no i saw it at target i was like oh. and so I, is it by the same author yes it's oh wow it was really good um i finished it in like five days and okay. so i finished a bridge to haven you know that's me obviously like <laughs> yeah, statement. and I reread Redeeming Love, which I read that when I was really young, and I I really didn't like it because I'm just a more of a logical person. Like I'm like just just listen to what he say, like yeah, t- quit running off, like whatever. Mm. And I, but now that I read it, now that I'm older, I understand it more. But yeah, those were the books I've been reading. I'm just a little, yeah. I've just been a little bored recently.
0: <laughs> yeah, well. Okay, first off, one comma, unredeeming love. If you read that as in like you are her and then like he is God instead of just the surface value, that book will wreck you. Like wreck you.
1: Yeah, that's what I, I got to like 200 pages into it. And I was like, I might have to take a break for how sad I feel right now. Or like me feeling how much God loves a single part. Like even though that's a uh, fictional uh, story, mm-hmm. um, but it's based off of, story in the Bible but I just kind of like I got like 300 400 pages into it and I was like okay I have to stop right now because I just felt very overwhelmed with how she worded it and like it was very like prophetic and I was like okay mm-hmm. I gotta take a break and yeah. I did I did for like a day and then I was like hey, I gotta get back into it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I think sometimes we can learn more about God from fiction than nonfiction, and I say that as a non-fiction author but really yeah no
1: yeah when I was younger, like I was thirteen, twelve, my mom told me I should read A Voice in the Wind because Hadassah was like my age and I really like Greek mythology. So she uh she wanted me to read that and I really liked that book. And then it taught me so much about how God works just behind the scenes, even through the next book, how he prepared Marcus's heart for his journey, mm-hmm. like all that stuff. So I really I definitely learned a lot about God's redeeming qualities and his grace through just books not even the bible of course the bible of course but just even just books
0: and um yeah yeah sorry to everyone who hasn't read any of these books like slight nerd conversation but love them so much and uh Perpetua if you haven't read is like kind of in that world um one of the first martyrs I thought that was really good I don't know the author and I lent it to someone sometime and never got it back but um, uh, <laughs> that's kind of how it goes <laughs> that's a good one um okay so on that we're we're reading books in quarantine so are you homeschooled and how old are you yes I
1: am homeschooled and I'm 17 I just turned 17 this March and happy
0: Ooh. oh well, kind of four months yeah four months <laughs> <That's a good laughs> birthday thank you
1: Oh, I don't like being older. <laughs> I I could barely handle turning 16, but then when I turned 17 I was like, "Eh." But yeah, I'm I am homeschooled. I finished my junior year a couple months ago like two months ago and I'm really excited because my senior year to get my you know college credits up and get my GED because obviously I didn't go to high school <laughs> people are like what why do you need that I was like because I'm homeschooling like yeah. that's not how that works but I get to go in an actual classroom my senior year and I'm really excited because I've kind of felt the itch to just Kind of have a little bit of normalcy in my life and I was like mm-hmm. mom I can't lose my linear year like I'm yeah. gonna get out I need to get out of the house like it was literally that conversation one night I was like mom I can't do this anymore <laughs> like yeah like, so being self-motivated is so hard and now I'm really excited I get I get to like have, like see actual people like
0: yeah well hopefully are you gonna go in person with everything with COVID oh I hope so
1: I I don't even care that if I have to wear a head-to-toe hazmat suit I'm going (laughs) to go inside a classroom and I think I'm just excited for like the equipment that that I'm like okay I'm gonna get I need to get a binder I need a textbook I need to get Mm -hmm. pins like all this stuff so I'm just like the best part Oh. oh yes
0: so you're going then gonna have your senior year is your hope or plan to go to college or swim in college how does that work Kind of explain our how you swim and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, um, college is going to be a little tricky because, you know, I went pro when I was 14, got picked for, like, the national uh, – not the national team, but, like, emerging team. Like So I definitely have done all of that through Team USA. And we're just going to have to find out what's the best option. I know I really don't – if I do go to college, I really know that – I can't decide if I want to swim in college or not. It's just, it's all up to like how games go, like how I feel like I'm doing. But if I do swim in college, I definitely don't want to swim D one because I just kind of feel like a big school like that. I would kind of get lost in the big swim club and just kind of lost in the crowd where I really need the one-on-one training. So that's kind of like what my options are, but, Even if I don't go to college, I would love to do an internship for Joland. This is a swimsuit company that I'm sponsored by. I would love to do an internship with them. I would love to motivational speak. There's just a lot of things I could do, but it's really up to how games go. After games, there's a lot of open doors to motivational speak or to just a lot of different opportunities so I would just really have to see how games go
0: so for non-athletes listening by games you mean olympic games right yes
1: (laughs) yes yes paralympic games it's in 2021 Oof, that's next year but um yeah it's kind of crazy I would be in hardcore training right now yeah if corona didn't happen I call corona a her so, with my friends. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, she's just so wild. Like, what's, what's she doing?
0: <laughs> she's a gull cray cray again, is what she's doing. I know. I was like, it's just her time of the month.
1: Just give her a my doll. She'll chill out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> so, you're going for the Paralympics. Now, how close are you? Or, And just knowing that a lot of people listening are not athletes, what does that look like? And then, why what makes you qualify for the Paralympics? Because we don't know your story yet.
1: Yeah. Um, so I don't have legs, by the way. <laughs> um, I'm missing both my legs below the knee and I am a Paralympic swimmer. I got picked for the 2019 Lima Peru Games this pat last year at in August. So that's kinda what I do. Um being on the emerging team, I get picked for training camps, getting to represent Team USA. And that's kind of what I do full time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, so explain for me coming from, you know, just normal swimming, what are there divisions? Because not everyone's physical differences are the same. So what does that look like?
1: So how the Paralympic works, it's everybody who has a physical disability. So in swimming, there's classifications one through 10. Those are physical. And I'm an 8, so I'm, like, right in the middle. Like, so 10 is probably the most, like, missing a foot or, like, a couple fingers or something like that. And then, like, I'm an 8, so I'm, like, right in that that not-that-disabled area. And then one's probably the most disabled. I Like, I have friends that are S1. They, like, don't have legs or arms, and they still swim. So that's so cool. And then classifications 11 through 13 are – different types of visually impaired people and those go through like I said 11 through 13 uh, like ones like kind of can't see like can't see the lines in the pool so and then 13 is like completely blacked out goggles and then S14 is um, they are people like that are too advanced for the Special Olympics just like have really bad ADHD or like ADD, something like that. But um,
0: yeah. Okay. And so then you say someone would be in a different classification if they just like had no legs or no arms at all. And you're in a different one because you have legs like down to your knees.
1: Yes. So um, all of us have different
0: disabilities
1: and you get put in each, they're called division, like uh, classifications. So like I'm an eight, so I'll probably compete against people like that are missing like one arm or like I'll race against Jessica Long who's missing her legs like me and then like a six a lot of them are in a wheelchair so they'll race against wheelchair people but it gets really controversial because yeah because sometimes people lie about what classification they need to be in so it's Mm kind of gets unfair but um yeah they they do the best they can
0: (laughs) yeah well I imagine if you're a competitive person I mean I would think it would be hard for me. Like, how do you know that that's equal if you're missing, you know, your legs and someone's missing an arm? Like, is that equal? Like, y- you don't really know, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. It's just, it's just a very, well, I don't want to, I don't want to get into trouble, but um, it's Thank just you. a very interesting system that they yeah. have. But yeah. they are, they've gotten better
0: about it. So yeah, just not coming from that world. It's it's just fascinating to me.
1: Yeah. It's just it's very controversial. So I'm just mm-hmm. I'm always like on the fence of like what I'll say. Well some people get like fined for like what they say and I'm just Oh like, wow. No. You don't like, need to get Ooh! fined. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. So I'm just like they're doing the best they can
0: (laughs) yeah no and they are and you gotta look at that from the system as well of like okay if you're gonna complain about it what is your solution right I can't think of something better than what they're doing yeah
1: and um and you have to respect rules respect rules and how rules go you know but uh yeah they do the best that they can. <laughs> yeah.
0: So take us back to the beginning a little bit of um, why don't you have legs and what is your story there?
1: Yeah. So I was adopted uh, when I was 16 months old, and let's start at the beginning where I was born to two parents that had an affair and had me, and you know, hopeless situation like. Women can't divorce husbands. And my my biological mother was married, and uh, you know, there's a bunch of different stories I've been told. But I just look at it as a point of like, you know, they really didn't know what to do. You know, had me, and then you know, because I was the product of that affair, and so they just thought the best option was to commit a family suicide and to strap bombs onto themselves and. They held me and all the damage was done to my legs. And I was, they said I was blown out like 30, 25 feet away from the explosion. And thank goodness somebody found me. But, you know, it's just crazy. God really had... His hand on my life from the very beginning. I didn't go into shock. I didn't die. I didn't yeah. do, like, a lot of stuff didn't happen to me. And I think it's just because I was just saved from a very young age. And then after I had my legs amputated, I was adopted to a huge family. Um, I'm the seventh child and I am the baby so Aww. so I and I got adopted by this amazing by my amazing family and you know I'm just I'm very happy and thankful I'm that I've got to be here I couldn't imagine my life in Vietnam just not having legs and notice kind of being like a little outcast because like what I've been told how shameful it was to have an affair and like cheat on your husband and all that stuff which is still a defense here but then in that culture it's very shameful and but yeah I'm just very thankful that I'm alive
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I mean that in itself I mean you're starting as a complete miracle I mean have you ever struggled with reconciling that of just like yeah thinking about what your life would have been like in Vietnam or you came so close to dying or man I'll never get to meet my parents. I mean, did you have to walk with that through the Lord? Or has it been you've just accepted it and it's okay?
1: I've really just accepted it from a young age. And I think it's just because my whole life, for the people who don't know how how old like twenty months old is, like that's like a almost two years old. So like I heard that from a very young age, just saying like, Oh, you know, Jesus loves you, like you were saved and you're such um like you're such this miracle and so I really took that and hearing that my whole life I really believed that of Jesus loves me and like the song I remember in children's church we always sang you know Jesus loves me and then I always thought I was always in the back of class well like Jesus loves me a little bit more (laughs) I was like "Mm." (laughs) As as a kid I always just had that um optimism about me i just like well like I know if this man and God loves me so much like I should be thankful for what they've done for me like so that's what I've always done my whole life of just I've never like dwelled on the past of like what could have been what happened because I just knew that I needed to be thankful for what I had. You know, I can dwell on something I never had. My parents, my biological parents, like, I didn't know them. They were never part of my life that I remember. And I understand that that was, they're still part, like, they were a part of me. But I I always tell people, it's like, yeah, but if you were born in, like, Scotland, would you think of yourself as Scottish, but even though you were raised in America? I always say that to people, and people don't understand, they're like, yes, but you're like Vietnamese, all this stuff. like, yes, I am. But you have to remember that that culture wasn't a part of my life. I love my family now. And I don't, like, I don't wish for something I never had. And that's just kind of how I've always been. And even as i gotten older, I've had to find that within myself of saying, like, why am I like this? And I think it's truly because I just knew that wasn't a part of my story. You know, God didn't want me to have this this chain on me of saying like Mm -hmm. of being resentful and bitter towards everything in my life and so I just feel like God just really put on my heart that it wasn't going to be a part of my life like you were reborn as soon as I saved you so I want you to be thankful I want you to be generous and caring because that's who you are and so that's really what
0: how I've lived my life ever since then yeah that's the I mean the power of identity is incredible. I'm just thinking even um, we know so mutually, and he's on an episode before you, which is Nathan, and he was adopted from Russia because he was born with different physical differences, and it was really important for him to find his parents and meet them, you know, and I'm sure if the world was not dealing with COVID, you know, maybe even going, or they were going to see if they could come to the Paralympics if he qualified, and you didn't have that because your parents Passed away, but have you gone to Vietnam? Like, did you want to go to Vietnam and see it? Um,
1: I mean, eventually one day, but you know that's just a big trip to take. And this is gonna sound very selfish, but my whole life for the past, I would say, almost decade that I've worked so hard for this dream I have of going to the Paralympics, representing Team USA. You know that that was a big like I watched the Olympics since probably 2006, six, eight, Beijing, mm-hmm. London, like I've watched all those games. So those were a big part of my life. So, and the fact that I'm on that platform now that it's just so attainable now. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is selfish, but everybody keeps asking me like, like, why don't you want to go? I was like, because I'm living my life. My life is not going to stop because I need to make this trip. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that I don't, live like that you know I think about what's benefiting me like am I healthy am I mentally stable and that that's just not a part of me of who I am I just don't sit around and think about this family this family that I have but yes they're family biologically but they're not my family like my family is Haley, who lives across the street, always asking for butter. And mm-hmm. my family is yelling at me for getting the spoon stuck in the garbage disposal. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it literally happened yesterday. I did that this week too. Oh my gosh, we're like the same person. Oh my we should gosh. We out. You we should hang out. <laughs> um, but that's just, that's who I am. And it's really hard because it would be so different if I got adopted later in life. But the fact that I was a baby and then I was brought here and you know, like my mom put me in diapers and I had a bottle and I had this very beautiful room when I was a kid. Like that's my childhood. And yeah. people were always like, Oh, that but like you're from Vietnam, like that's your that's your true culture or like that's your true upraising I was like, My true upbringing was watching Veggie Tales on VHS tapes <laughs> uh, on Sunday on Saturday morning. But yeah, that's just kind of how that is but I would like to go one day just to say that I've went and got to see them but then I'm gonna move on you know like that's just gonna be a part of my life at one point and then I'm just gonna move on and not because I don't understand why people always think that I'm missing a part of myself when I really don't like I don't feel a longing of my identity because God really gave me an identity from the beginning. I'm just you no know, like he get- he gave me the grace to be so free and bubbly and happy and like I don't desire to feel this anger like everybody right. talks about adopted kids having this anger, this longing this sense of themselves that they lost, but I really believe that when I was you know that when the accident happened and my life was saved, I was reborn mm-hmm. i had like I had this new life that he brought me to. And so like, that's just where it all comes from.
0: Yeah. It's like people are trying to put bondage and shame on you that you don't have.
1: Yeah. And at one point I was like, do you want me to be resentful to my family? I have now that have given me a great life and just my family. Like, do you want me to be resentful of my family here? Like, is that what you want to hear from me? Like, do you want me to feel anger or sadness? because I wouldn't wish that upon you to feel sadness or mm-hmm. you don't have a true identity because you don't, you don't want to go back to Vietnam, like, Vietnam. Like, no, like, yes, I have a connection to them, but like, they're not my family. Yeah. Like, don't expect, like if a third cousin pops up out of the blue, like <laughs> in my family right now, I'm not going to feel any connection towards them because where have you been my
0: whole life? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a,
1: yeah that's just how it is.
0: Yeah. So, it's really encouraging to me just because my husband and I have talked about adopting in the future, but it, this is a really fresh perspective. I think a lot of times we're like, oh, well, you know, if you adopt, like, they're going to have trauma and they're, this and that. And yeah, you were really young, but even in that, like, you still see trauma with kids that young sometimes. And it's really encouraging to hear you be so free and then just wondering, like, you know, is that the power of your parents praying or just like the power of God and giving you an identity from from the very beginning? It's It's really encouraging.
1: Yeah. And just talking about God, it's just like, yeah, you have best friends right now, whatever. But I always like God's your best friend from day one. You know, you talk about best friends that you knew from kindergarten, but talk about the guy who made you and had a plan for your life and just like saw you for who you are. And he's probably the only friend that you get to talk to and he won't say anything back till you're done. I just see it like that. He's just a great friend that you always get to have and i know and i look back and i see it from when i was younger like when i was at school like i had a, like a bunch of friends but i didn't have a best friend mm-hmm. like that would just that wasn't my role like yeah i went to school and i had friends but then i went home and then like that was just how i was from a very young age mm-hmm. like i just knew who i was like i didn't need other people around me to fulfill me it's a little bit different now that i have close close friends and I have to stop myself a lot. Like I have to come back home and just sometimes I sit in my bed and I was like, I am not fulfilled after hanging out with my friends. Because yes, I had fun, but I need to be fulfilled in God's word. And like I know that Jesus always has something to say to me. I, and I worry sometimes about myself when I think, oh, I want to go hang out with somebody or like oh, those people don't fulfill me, you know. So. I always have to come back to the fact that like God says, I am your best friend Mm -hmm. that you will ever have. (laughs) Like, and so that's, that's where all that comes from. And I, and I just truly just always had a a
0: faith that's always been super strong and even from a young age. So fun question for you. I love it when people ask me this. So which, of the Trinity, do you feel like you relate to or pray to the most as far as the Holy Spirit, God, the Father, or Jesus? When you talk a lot, it seems like relating to him as a best friend. Is there one of the Trinity that you feel like you relate to more?
1: Um, I think I talk to Jesus the most. It's because I'll sit down. I'm definitely one of the There's. I saw a thing on, the, on Instagram and I was like, what type of... church girl are you? And I was like a bullet journaling type of girl. And I was like, I'm I'm that person because I'll sit down and I'll just write out the things that he'll say to me. And I put it like quotes that he'll write to me. Like, I'll find one. This is my journal. Um, uh, I'll find one. It was, when I get really stressed, I start to write down like how I feel of how, how like i don't know why i feel like this like this is very stressful to me and sometimes he'll just say like haven you need to chill out and then i'll write j as in jesus because that's who he is to me somebody that's just like haven stop you need to stop like this is ridiculous and then i'll definitely have moments where i'll just write down everything he'll say to me and i have one you know those little things that you put like the letters in the one that spoke to me the most it was it was a couple months ago he I was just feeling very like unsure and worried and then he told me to go outside look up and count the stars and to remind to remind myself how little I am <laughs> compared mm. to him and so that was one of my favorite things I wrote down I just always see it as like you know yes everybody says oh Jesus is my best friend but like You can't just say that and then not fulfill that. Like, it takes full faith to hear God and to let Jesus into your life. And you know how friendships, like friendships, they always say, oh, it's like a 50-50 thing. It's still a 50-50 thing with Jesus. And if you want Jesus into your life, you have to put an effort to hear his voice. And like, who has a friend that just gives out a hundred to you and you give nothing back. Like that's not a friendship. And mm-hmm. if you say that you want to hear God into your life and hear his son, you have to put an effort to hear it. You don't have a friendship that you're just friends with them. And then they're not, they're not giving, they're not reciprocating. You have to give out effort to like also, I I really took on that journey when I was 16 of I wanted to find a new church. I wanted to be in a youth group. I wanted to hear the voice of God. And, you know, that was a journey I I had to take on by myself. And, you know, it was the most fulfilling thing I've done this year of just really wanting to hear the word. And, you know, everybody told me, everybody tells me all the time, like, oh, you're such a blessing, like, God loves you. But my whole life, I've heard that. And at some point, I had to step back and say, do I believe that? Like, do I truly believe Mm -hmm. that God loves me? And so I had to go on that journey of just finding him through like the midst of everything that was going on in my life. So that's just kind of how my journey went of just, I needed to seek him to hear him, like that 50-50 relationship of just, I put in effort, you give me effort. I, I tell you my feelings, you tell me what you, what you want from me. Like, that's just kind of how my relationship goes uh, of just my faith of just saying, like, I just established this from uh, six months ago. I was like, everybody tells me like, oh, you get this, this and that because you're spoiled or something like that. And then I had to sit down with God. I'm just like, I don't want people to think I'm spoiled or that like I take things for granted cause I, cause I don't, but I don't want to only come to you when I want something. So mm-hmm. I, I really established uh, like a couple months ago of just saying, I don't want to assume you with my wish maker. You're like, you're not a genie to me. You're, mm-hmm. you know, you're my father. You're my friend. You give me comfort and you fulfill me. You make my heart full. So I don't get to come to you when I want something because that's not fair. Like you're not Santa. <laughs> yeah. Not I literally wrote down in my journal. You're not Santa.
0: <laughs> I love, I love how real your relationship with the Lord is. And I love what a picture of it, like we can be that real with God. And and I do think he cares about the desires of our heart. But one of the most, in my opinion, misquoted verses in the Bible is like, depend on the Lord or lean on the Lord and he'll, he'll make your path straight, but like he will give you the desires of your heart. And it's like, the point of that is, when you lean into Him, He's changing your heart to where your desires become His desires, not, not, not the Santa thing.
1: I literally said that one time, in the because I do a lot of my praying in the car, and I say, "You're not Santa, you're not Santa," yeah. and then I had to start like when I would pray at the time, I like really wanted this like, every teenage girl, I started to feel the desire of having a boyfriend, and, like, having, like, I want to fulfill love, and so I would pray about this ridiculous stuff, and then I was Mm -hmm. like, stop, you're not Santa, the genie rules, you can't make other people fall in love with you, (laughs) so I started just praying of just being very thankful, and it had to come from a really true place, and it took me a long time to just start praying, like, thank you for saving my life. Thank you for giving me, you know, this love. Thank you for like just being very, trying to be very thankful and intentional with how I spend my time with God. And so even though he's with us 24 seven, like I'm passed out for 12 hours of the day. (laughs) Like I'm just sleeping. So I really try to be very intentional right now with how I pray and how I talk. And, and I, and that's really been, Uh, The
0: biggest change in my life right now. That's awesome, and yeah, I mean, you could stand next to someone for twelve hours, and it's like great, their presence is like next to you. But I mean, have you have you talked? Like, have you? (laughs) I mean, that's not building much of a relationship just to know someone's there necessarily. Yeah. So as you're talking, something that I am thinking about, you said, you know, some people, things have been spoken over you of just like you're a blessing and different things, and even I mean, just look at your Instagram of like many people think you are quite the inspiration and that's a beautiful platform to have. Have you ever struggled with not feeling like you can have a bad day? Yeah,
1: actually, that's a great thing for people to know. Like people just think I'm just going to be insta Haven all the time. And sometimes, like I said, sometimes I'm just Haven that lasts at awkward times during the day <laughs> or awkward times had <laughs> a funeral or like or like getting the spoon stuck in the sink like people don't understand that people on the internet you only get one side of them and I made it very mm. clear to my mom because she helps me run it um people don't get all of me through this because like people don't know it like anything about my faith because that's not a part of that I want not that I don't want to share or that I'm shameful it's like that's so personal to me and like yeah I just, it's like a, it's like a child. I want to protect it. And having mature faith, yes, it's about sharing and like speaking freely, but I don't want people's opinion on my life of saying like some of the stuff I said people might not agree with. And I always say this to my friends, like my close friends that, you know, know me very well and we like don't talk about my Instagram or anything like that. I told them a couple, like a year ago, I was like, guys, some people want me to be Spider-Man, but sometimes I'm just a Spider-Man in the sweatpants. Have you seen that movie, <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, I have, actually. The old, I'm, I was like, guys, sometimes I'm just a Spider-Man with the sweatpants. I'm not always mm-hmm. just Spider-Man, this amazing person all the time, like, sometimes I just need to run into Target to get a snack, and I can't talk for 30 minutes about me not having legs, or sometimes I'm in the coffee shop, I want to read my book, and I don't have time. I really don't want to talk about myself all the time, and people don't understand that. Talking about yourself all the time is really hard. Yeah, it takes a toll on you to just say like, "Ah, oh, I'm Haven, and I am bubbly." But a lot of the times, no, that's me a hundred percent of the time because that is my personality. But sometimes I just, I'm just like, "Can I just sit, please?" and mm enjoy my coffee and listen to music and look at the rain outside and can I just enjoy a single moment where I'm not like I don't need to take a picture I don't need to talk about myself don't need to talk about my story and that's the thing about not having my legs too like it's like being pregnant like all the time like <laughs> oh my gosh. people want to talk about your legs like yeah. a pregnancy how is your pregnancy going you know how do you wake up in the morning like how do you that must be so hard, like, mm-hmm. I, and I always say, guys, it's not that hard, like, you guys put on shoes every day to go outside, well, sometimes, well, a lot of people don't wear shoes in places, but, like, you, you guys put on shoes every day to go places, like, you put on glasses so you can see, like, I put on my legs to walk to the kitchen to get cereal, like, yeah. <laughs> that's just, like, my life isn't that hard. If putting on my legs every morning is the hardest thing in my life, then my life is not it's not that bad. Like
0: yeah. <laughs> if that's the hardest thing I have to do, it's not that bad. It's interesting. Cause you just have such an opposite struggle from a lot of people in pain in the sense that yours is so visual and a lot of people, whether it's in, let's even go here, but like emotional pain, it's just like they, you don't know. And so, but it's like, people are always seeing the same thing with you and that you could have a million things going on in your mind and they're always going to ask you about your legs. I mean that's really draining.
1: Oh yeah, and like it, like I said, it's like being pregnant all the time. Like they just ask me these really awkward questions that sometimes I just don't like. What? Answer. Tell us,
0: tell us the awkward. Somebody
1: questions. Asked, like somebody asked me if I could have a baby, and I was like, "Well, okay. ma'am, I don't really think not having legs affects like." This part, and yeah. then I don't understand what not having legs affects that. <laughs> and then like, I really don't like when people ask me, "What well, did I do?" Service. I'm like, I should not be getting credit for somebody who willingly puts their life on the line for my freedom. Like, mm-hmm. I really don't like that because, like, I don't feel worthy of being associated with that because I done I've done nothing. And sometimes I just I just want to run into the store to get junk food, because it's a Friday, and I get to eat junk food on Friday, like, that's just, kind of, that's the most exhausting thing about my life, because I know that when I step out of my home, I have to prepare myself for a little bit of, like, just confrontation with me, and I don't really care when people stare at me, because I choose, I always choose to be like, oh, they're staring at me, because I'm like, I'm just so cool, or like, Yeah. uh, Yeah. You see my shoes, they're brand new, never worn on the inside. Ah. (laughs) You get that. (laughs) Yeah. But that's just one of the things in my life. And I know that, and that's why I think I've become such a homebody over the years. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I'd rather just stay at home and watch a movie with my dad and, (laughs) and just be with people that know me and that's Mm -hmm. the problem with social media people just think they automatically know everything about you and your struggles and er everybody thinks I'm going to be inspirational 24-7 but honestly I'm not like I'm just I'm tired all the time like I just need to go run inside to go get my smoothie so I don't die on my way to practice or like Mm -hmm. I'm just so tired all the time just working out and I really don't like to complain but sometimes I just don't want to talk at all. Yeah. I am a very talkative person, but, you know, there's a limit. I, my mom always says I have a battery, and it gets very low, and then it needs to go home and recharge, and that's and that's why I recharge is at home. But, yeah. yeah.
0: What would you want people to know about you that's, like, totally unrelated to this part of your story, as you, as Haven, as a person?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Everybody thinks they quite they know quite a bit about me, but
0: um, I'm trying to think. Or something fun we don't know if you're willing to share it that most people don't know.
1: <laughs> um I'm trying to think as a as a something
0: fun. Doesn't have to be fun. It can just be like you know what. On Mondays, I eat cheese. I think that came from my love of She's the Man, but
1: oh man, ah, uh, I do I do a lot of odd things.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> um. Okay. I can, ch- I can tie a cherry stem with my tongue.
0: Um, that's pretty cool. I cannot do that.
1: When I get stressed or a little bit overwhelmed, I can fall asleep. And I've done that since I was a very young child. I just, like, any remote amount of stress, like pro- it's probably like this, probably not even a centimeter big. I can just be like, okay. And just fall asleep. And like, I was like, okay, I need a nap. Like sometimes I'll get so stressed, you know, uh, after some like after I even if I after I like after my driving test I got like I knew I was gonna pass like obviously but I was still very stressed and then as soon as I passed my test I went home and I took a nap mm-hmm. and it's just like my coping skill I'm just like I'll deal with it later type of thing like just let yeah. me shut my eyes I can fall asleep
0: <laughs> that's interesting I heard some people talking about different people reacting to the quarantine and they're like two different people could say they want to sleep through it but why some people want to ignore it some people are being you know and I think I would want to sleep through it just because I'm like I'm I just want it to be over.
1: hmm There's only so many movies you can watch. And so <laughs> many interesting and so many interesting snacks you can try to make in your kitchen. Like mm-hmm. I remember like before I got to go to practice and all that stuff and not like I would go to bed that night and not be excited to wake up in the morning. Like, yeah. and, like and there's only so many snacks I could eat during the day and there's only so many Stephen Furtick podcasts you can listen to, because, like, I know that for a fact, and there's only so many books you can read, and, yeah. like, this wall right here, the shiplap wall, whatever mm-hmm. behind me, my dad put that up in a day, because he was so bored. Wow, looks good. <laughs> oh, so, thank you. I put the stain on, <laughs> but nice. that, the. That's the thing. With quarantine, everybody got really creative of changing up mm-hmm. their house and like yeah. like this. The shiplap wasn't even up. And my dad was like, okay, I'm bored. Let's put up some shiplap and
0: that's awesome.
1: Every typical dad. Let's stay in the deck and yeah. let's
0: let's bleach the rug or like well, something good, like that. Good for him. Okay, so going back just I know we're getting close, like wrapping up a little bit. Your perspective is is so incredible because it's just so unique. And so I'm sitting here thinking about what if someone's listening who maybe they're missing a limb or maybe they're in pain physically, emotionally, spiritually and they're just like, "Yeah, but I don't I don't have your perspective and I'm not that positive. How how do I get that? What would you say to them?"
1: Um I understand that your situation is bad and like you you know like this that would be a time you really feel you're feeling sorry for yourself but I just think you can only take one day at a time I can't remember it it was is it the book in Matthew where he says do not worry for tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself in its own worries or whatever like that and I just really take that into stride like every single day that. Like in like the Serenity Prayer, let me. What is? Do you remember the Serenity Prayer? It's no, like, I
0: don't. I don't know that.
1: Ooh, it's. Uh, I'm trying to see. I had a book that had
0: that. Um, nope, I don't have it over here.
1: Um, God grant me the seren- the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, I really live by that, and you know, I can't change that. I don't have that. I don't have legs. I can't change like, that I am adopted, but let me change the things I can, like, I change my perspective on how people see me every day, like, I just choose to think that they think I'm, like, so cool, (laughs) or whatever, but that's my greatest advice to people that, like, just have lost limbs, or, you know, or going through something right now, I just never dwell on something I never can't change, so, like, I can't change my legs, so, I will accept the things I cannot change. So I just really, I really live by the the serenity prayer of just saying, I can't change this, but give me, give me the courage to change the things that I can. So that's really my, my greatest advice right now. Don't worry about tomorrow and
0: grant me the serenity for the things I cannot.
1: Yeah, that's really
0: good. Tell us about, I know you're not who you are on Instagram, however... We would like to cheer for you. So how could people kinda get in your corner or follow you? Do you have any stuff going on other than Instagram? No. <laughs>
1: um, I I can barely handle Instagram, but oh, I feel um, you can Struggle. follow uh,
0: you can follow
1: me on Haven Faith Shepherd and Shepherd's spelled like German Shepherd. Yeah, that's where you can follow me. I'm on Facebook too. Whoever ever has Facebook, um, <laughs> who, who has Facebook, but um, I do, I yeah. just don't
0: check it every day, but I have uh, yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Have you ever thought about your names or the significance of them? Has that been an important thing for you? My name? Yeah. All three Haven, Faith and Shepherd.
1: Yeah. Um, I have decided I'm not changing my last name when I get married because yeah. my whole name's in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he always, because God always talks about promise and being a safe haven for the pharaohs. <laughs> and, and, and faith, obviously, is a Bible faith. And then shepherd, I'm just always like, mm, like I, I really don't want to change my name. But yeah. I'll probably, I'll go by a hyphen or whatever. But um, yeah, I really love my name. I definitely, all my siblings kind of got like the normal names, like Hannah, Haley, Zach, Chloe, like Sawyer, Ivy, like all those names. And then I got Haven. And I was like. You're special. Yes. And I, when we have family dinners, I was like, you know, you know, she was saving them best for last, guys. Like, she was just waiting for that that last one to come on to really pull a 100 with the name. But my sister Haley hates that. Oh, she's the funny one. She's always like, well, mom obviously didn't love us enough to give us the fun. (laughs) I was like I don't think those other names
0: are like yeah that's what I said I was like I know that's
1: what I said I was just like your names are cool (laughs) (laughs) but my name's great (laughs) the name Haven um is actually getting quite popular and I'm just always like "Eh." because everybody I I say my name to they're, they're like oh my goodness, I've never heard that name before. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I I'm I feel very privileged by my name. I love it. I know. I love that my name is different too. But now I, so when I moved to Montana, I'm a coach at Orange Theory. And so we have, I don't know, a thousand members or something. And, and even if people have the name Tara, they spell it T-A-R-A. And so mine's still different. But there are two other women at my gym who spell it T-E-R-A. And I was like, no, I thought I was a zone.
1: Let's take them out. Let's take them out.
0: But I'm called Habe most
1: of the time. Um Okay. But I just I'm called Habe most of the time, but my fun name I'm gonna hear my fun name, y'all. Absolutely. Don't ever call me this out in public because my only my family calls me this. They call me Havey. <laughs> Havey. <laughs> and my and then my gangster name. My friends, we all have like really fun, goofy names for each other. And I said, Yo, it's Havy Shep about to pull up to the coffee shop. Who's all here? Nice. Said, oh, my goodness. I should change my voicemail to that.
0: You should. Oh, my goodness. Maybe that's a new Instagram story. I'm giving you content right here.
1: <laughs> Havy Shep here. <laughs>
0: have the glasses maybe put some foil on your teeth i i I really think if we you know have this isolation going on you might get there in like another month
1: oh yes just i'm just gonna do a full 180
0: with my style (laughs) well haven you've just been so wonderful i really think this is gonna bless a lot of people and i just even speaking of your name i i think that god is your haven and safe haven but like you're gonna be that for people in your life and yeah. Is there anything that you want to talk about or share, whether it's about it can be about physical limitation or swimming or your family, God, anything that we did not get to talk about?
1: Just remember how silly God is. Like I always think about I, when I always look back and I read about Moses, you know, he, yeah, he did a great thing. But how silly would it be, be for Moses to go to the Red Sea and just be like part and I just think God's just so silly in that way of just, like, let me show you, I'll show you a show, like, mm-hmm. and he still does that today of just being super silly and funny, like, with how he works in your life, so, and, like, God never changes, like I said, like, he was funny then with Moses of being, like, yo, I'll, I'll park this red Sea for you, <laughs> and then, yeah, he's, like here today of just being like yo we want to see some real speed (laughs) so that's what I would like to take away from if y'all want to take away from anything just remember how unpredictable god is yeah
0: for real and I think we forget about god's sense of humor all the time like he's hilarious when people are like oh my gosh I don't want a religion I'm like listen this is not a religion it's a relationship and if you think Christianity is boring like you do not know the god I know because he is he's a crazy man
1: oh yeah he'll tell you that your oil is low and then the next day your oil light goes away like (laughs) that I I I still think about that today I'm I turn on my car I was like oh praise Jesus like (laughs) I don't have to go get my oil changed but um yeah just he's 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 so silly (laughs) Mm -hmm. I always say that to my nieces and nephews I'm just like ah God's just so silly
0: yeah it's it's fun it's fun to love Jesus (laughs) it is it is fun and I'm glad that you've just brought that perspective and you've you've been a really bright spot in my day I was stressed and all over the place and just feel so much better now so I know if you're a bright spot in my day it's going to be a really bright spot for other people too so thank you so much Haven
1: you're welcome you know I just I always keep it cordial like I always I I never take things too seriously
0: Oh my goodness, I feel like Haven's story is a perfect example of absolute joy in the Lord and in the life that we get to live. I will link her Instagram in the show notes. Please go check her out. Follow her to be inspired, to be encouraged each day. I just saw she got an it's great to be alive cake with bombs and rainbows cookie cake from her parents. It's just so fun to see how she lives her miracle each day. So I hope you go out and live your miracle today and we'll see you again here next Monday.